right, grab your Bibles if you would, and let's open the Word of God tonight to the book of Judges. The book of Judges, chapter 7. Tonight we'll look at a favorite Bible story. And we'll be encouraged by what we find. I love the stories of the Bible, especially the Old Testament. Paul certainly had these in mind when he said these things were written for our admonition, for our learning. And we can certainly learn a lot from the Old Testament stories of the Bible. Judges chapter 7, when you find your place, let's stand together. We'll have prayer and we'll begin reading in verse 2. We're going to read down through verse 21 for our text tonight. And we're going to read the story of Gideon. Judges chapter 7, beginning in verse 2. Let's pray and then we'll begin reading there. Father, how we love you tonight. Once again, we thank you for the privilege to gather in freedom, to gather around your word, Lord, to read the scriptures together and to be encouraged by the things that we learn. Father, tonight we pray that you'll bless this time. Bless us with your presence. Speak to our hearts, Lord, by your Holy Spirit. Bless the reading of thy word, Lord. Speak to our hearts and guide us. Show us the things, Lord, that you would have us to learn. Show us what you'd have us to do as we serve you in our lives here today. And so, Lord, bless us. Lead us and guide us. Teach us. We pray in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Judges chapter 7, verse 2, the Bible says, And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, Mine own hand hath saved me. Now therefore, go to, proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. And there returned of the people twenty and two thousand, and there remained ten thousand. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people are yet too many. Bring them down unto the water, and I will try them for thee there. And it shall be, that of whom I say unto thee, This shall go with thee, the same shall go with thee. And of whomsoever I say unto thee, This shall not go with thee, the same shall not go. So he brought down the people unto the water, and the Lord said unto Gideon, Every one that lappeth of the water with his tongue, as a dog lappeth, him shalt thou set by himself. Likewise, every one that boweth down upon his knees to drink. And the number of them that lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, were three hundred men. But all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knees to drink water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, By the three hundred men that lapped will I save you, and deliver the Midianites into thine hand, and let all the other people go every man into his place. So the people took victuals in their hand and their trumpets, and he sent all the rest of Israel, every man into his tent, and retained those three hundred men. And the host of Midian was beneath him in the valley. And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Arise, get thee down to the host, for I have delivered it into thine hand. But if thou fear to go down, go thou with Phura thy servant down to the host. And thou shalt hear what they say, and afterwards shall thine hands be strengthened to go down unto the host. Then went he down to Phura, or with Phura his servant, unto the outside of the armed men that were in the host. 
And the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the children of the east lay along the valley like grasshoppers for multitude. And their camels were without number and the, as the sand by the seaside for multitude. When Gideon was come, behold, there was a man that told a dream unto his fellow and said, Behold, I dreamed a dream. And lo, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the host of Midian, and it came into a tent and smote it that it fell and overturned it that the tent lay along. And his fellow answered and said, This is nothing else save the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. For into his hand hath God delivered Midian and all the host. And it was so when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation thereof that he worshipped and returned into the host of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord hath delivered into your hands the host of Midian. And he divided the three hundred men into three companies. And he put a trumpet in every man's hand with empty pitchers and lamps within the pitchers. And he said unto them, Look on me and do likewise. And behold, when I come outside of the camp, it shall be that as I do, so shall ye do. When I blow with the trumpet, I and all that are with me, Then blow ye the trumpets also on every side of all the camp, and say, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So Gideon and the the hundred men that were with him came into the outside of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, and they had but newly set the watch. And they blew the trumpets and brake the pitchers that were in their hands. And the three companies blew the trumpets and brake the pitchers and held the lamps in their left hands, and the trumpets in their right hands to blow withal. And they cried, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And they stood every man in his place round about the camp, and all the hosts ran and cried and fled. Tonight I want to preach a message entitled, What God Can Do With a Few. What God Can Do With a Few. We're talking about Gideon's 300. Thank you. You may be seated. If you were to continue to read the chapter and the next, you'll see how all of this plays out, how Midian flees from before the Israelites and they pursue them and overtake them and kill them. Gideon comes out the victor and wins the battle that God promised to deliver in his hands. But tonight I want to just back up and look at how God delivered and and what God chose as the deliverance for this company. You know, we've been encouraged to believe God and follow God. We've been encouraged to serve God and, and, and trust God. And I was thinking about all of those great messages during missions conference and, and even before. It's, it's been a, just a, a, a great time of encouragement this year from God's word about the many things that God wants to do with us. I so appreciated the emphasis during missions conference that was practical to us, that God wants to use us where we are. And here is another message that really does kind of line up with that, with that theme. Can you imagine being Gideon, one who would hardly be chosen as the general for this army or this task, this assignment of overthrowing the Midianites? Yet God comes to Gideon, an everyday sort of a guy, and says, Hail, thou mighty man of valor. Really? I'm sure that surprised Gideon. But God saw some things in him some potential, if you will. Now, I know you and I, we, we see potential everywhere, and sometimes we, we see people that never seem to, to reach their potential. 
And I know you and I have heard people say about someone else, oh, there's such great potential there. The problem sometimes in those cases is simply this, that all of that potential is never surrendered to the Lord. And sometimes when that potential is not surrendered to God, then it is never utilized. It's never reached. The person never really does accomplish what they could with all that potential. And one thing I like about this story is Gideon is somebody like that. Gideon is a guy who had potential that really others maybe didn't didn't notice so readily, but God saw it. God saw his potential and what he could do. God saw what he wanted to do through Gideon and this small band of men. Midian was an oppressive, uh, oppressive people, and they were harsh in their dealings with Israel. Long was the time under them, and they were ready to be rid of them in, in their lives. And, and we know originally that God found Gideon hiding to thresh out the wheat. It was because they were taking their food, and this was very oppressive. These were harsh conditions, not something that was ideal to, to live under. The Israelites were ready to overthrow the Midianites, and when they heard that God was doing a work, Gideon arises as the leader. Did you notice how many people came to help Gideon overthrow the Midianites? This is pretty good. The people thought, we need an army, we need people, we, we need soldiers. And look at how many came to the battle. Well, we know in that first round, 22 went home, and that left 10,000. So that means they had a total of 32,000 men. Think about it. At least Israel saw the challenge, and they said to themselves, Oh, it's going to take some doing. If we're going to whip Midian, if we're going to overthrow them and run them out, then, then we're going to need quite an army. And they amass among themselves this army of 32,000 men. And God comes to Gideon in verse 2 and says, uh, The people that are with thee are too many. Nope, Gideon, hey, I'm sorry, but um, I can't give the victory with that many soldiers. You got too many people. Think about that. Isn't that interesting that the Lord said that? You know, we don't typically think of the size uh, uh, as being something that gets in the way uh, unless it's a church like ours, small. We think size gets in the way when it's little, but it surely doesn't get in the way when it's the opposite of that, when it's really, really big. We like big things. We like big organizations and big, you know, numbers. We, we, we're impressed by that. God obviously was not impressed with that. God looked at the situation. They were very comforted that there were 32,000 that had come to fight Midian. But God said, Gideon, that's too many. He said, it's too many for me to give Midian in, into their hands because he knew the hearts of men. He, he knew Israel would be tempted to say, mine own hand. Hey, we won the victory ourselves because we had such a good army. Because... Because we fought well, or whatever the case might be. And so God wanted it to be so obvious that he did it, that he would get the glory. He said, Gideon, we're going to have to send some people home. 
You know, very rarely in the scriptures do you find that there were too many volunteers, too much help, too much money. You remember when they were taking an offering for the tabernacle and eventually God told Moses, hey, Moses, look, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. We got Moses said Moses went out to the people and said, whoa, he said, we got too much stuff. No more offerings. No more. We can't hold any more. You don't hear that too often, do you? But here we hear it. You know, what's what's interesting in this situation is that even though there's 32,000 men and, you know, there's there's comfort in company. I mean, we're encouraged when there's other people, somebody standing beside you, just like when God told Gideon to to go down to the camp and listen to what they were going to say. Remember, he said, if you're afraid to go, take your servant with you. Did you notice he took the servant with him? Why? Because he was fearful. He was afraid to go by himself into the camp of such a large host. And then God said, well, there's too many. Why don't you send some home? And so he's going to do that. We're going to learn something from that. Let's, let's look at this. What can God do with a few? Well, number one, he can work the way he wants to work. You know, God likes to do things a certain way. And sometimes, you know, because he's told us in the, the prophet Isaiah said, you know, my ways are not your ways. Right. So the Lord said to Isaiah, my ways are not your ways. Neither are my thoughts, your thoughts. Right. He said, my ways are higher than yours. Isaiah 55, 8 through 11. You can check it out there. And, and we find that for all of us, that's so true. God's ways are different than ours and often opposite of what the way we would do it. Man's way was to amass a large army. God's way was, no, we need to send a few home. God wants to work the way he wants to work. So what does that do? It challenges us to be willing. Are you willing to do it God's way? Are are you willing to sometimes ignore conventional wisdom, the world's methods perhaps or whatever, in order to do what God wants you to do? Sometimes we have to do that. So God, did you notice? Let's let's go back verse, um, let's see, verse 3. The Lord said, Proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early in the morning. So everybody that's afraid to go to battle, you don't have to go. You're excused. We're going to let you go. And guess how many leave? Even though they have a large army, there's 32,000 men to fight with. You think that would be less fear among them, but 22,000 left. Uh Uh-oh, wait a minute. They went from 32,000 down to 10,000. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm thinking um, there might be some people here now who weren't afraid before, but they probably are now, right? Two-thirds of the group left, and we got a much smaller army than we thought we were going to have, and uh, let's see who remains. Well, then in verse 4, the Lord said to Gideon, no, the the people are too many. So first, God said, we're, we're going to, because he wants to work the way he wants to work, right? So he said, we're going to send home all that are fearful. That was 22,000. Then he said, in verse 4, he said, bring them down to the water and I will try them for thee there. Now I want you to understand, God is looking on the scene and God is examining to determine those who would be able to serve him. Isn't that something? You know, the Bible talks about, Paul wrote about, there are vessels, some to honor and some to dishonor. Who makes that determination? God does. 
He looks out among us. He sees. Hey, the question is, what kind of vessel are you going to be? Are you going to be a vessel unto honor for the Lord? Right? We have a choice in some of that. How, how, we, how we live and how we serve. So God said to, to Gideon, I'm going to try them for you there. All right? And he said, none of, them, none of them that bow down to drink are going to go. Only the ones that bring the water to their mouth and lap. He said, those are the ones. I was thinking about that. How did God qualify them? What do you, what do you think? Those that kind of laid down on all fours and, and just slurped the water? Uh, you know, what, what, do you, what would you call that? Are they, um, are they inattentive? Maybe they're not paying attention. Maybe the enemy could sneak up from behind them. Is that what God saw? Were they inattentive? And that's why the Lord said, they have to go home. Um, were, were, they, were they careless? Were they careless? Laying their sword and shield down and, and laying down to drink water? Did it leave them open and vulnerable? Were they careless in the presence of the Aaron? How did, how did God see that? What, what would you call that? You know, sometimes, sometimes we don't think about our ways. We don't think about ourselves as being inattentive or careless. I wonder what God sees when he looks at us. Um, what about those who lay down, those, those who drank that way, su- sucking the water out of the creek? Were they lazy? What did God see? What would you call it? Whatever it was, God said, those are the ones that we're going to let them go home. And we're going to keep the ones who brought the water up to their mouth to drink and lapped. God said, there's your, there's your men, Gideon. And it come to find out, look, it was only 300. Verse 5, so he brought down the people unto the water, and the Lord said unto Gideon, Everyone that lappeth of the water with his tongue as a dog lappeth, set by himself. Let's see, I think it's verse 7. And the Lord said to Gideon, By the 300 men that lapped will I save you and deliver the Midianites into thine hand, and let all the other people go, every man, unto his place. Why would God send some home? Well, because God wants to work the way he wants to work. His ways are not our ways, are they? What God can do with a few. God can work the way he wants to work when, he, when you have a few. And God is about to use this few band of men to do a sizable work. They're going to do something that when it's accomplished, it's going to be undeniable that God did that. And you know, I've learned that God really likes those kind of situations. It's a David and Goliath kind of moment, isn't it? And here we find Gideon involved in something like that. You know, it may look like that when you and I serve the Lord. And God may ask us to do some things that that to Gideon looked pretty impossible. You know, later when he goes down to hear that story and that dream and the interpretation, what, is the, what does the Bible say? That they were laying in the valley like grasshoppers. They were everywhere. And Gideon was going to face them with 300 men. He must have been shaking in his boots. I'm sure I would have been and you would have been as we realized that we're putting our life on the line to go down and face this group with only 300 
Lord, you sure you don't want that 32,000 to come back? <laughs> we, uh, we can take a little comfort in those extra numbers right now. God said, no, no, this is the way I want to do it. Well, what God can do with a few, not only that, he can give the same size victory with a few as he can with a great host. You know, it's funny, the, the men of Israel came out in great numbers. They had, they had a total army of 32,000. They were getting ready to go to battle with the Midianites, and they were excited that God was going to deliver them into their hand. And here they showed up. In their mind, they were thinking, okay, we can do this. We got 32,000. The same victory they were going to get with 32,000 soldiers, God was going to give to the 300. You know, that's why it's important for you and I to believe God, to be willing to act when God instructs us because we don't know what he's going to do. When God decides that he's going to give you the victory, then you don't need 32,000. 300 will do just fine. What God can do with a few, you know what? God can give you the same size victory with a few as he can with a multitude. Notice this was not a second-rate victory. They still won the battle. If you read the remaining chapter in the next chapter, you'll find that, that they pursued after the Midianites and, until they won and killed them. Gideon arose, the victor, and his 300 men were hailed as heroes. Think about that. They were given a 32,000 troop victory with only 300 men. This wasn't a second-rate victory, and this wasn't a second-best this wasn't a plan B kind of thing. This was plan A. God said, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do it with just a few men, Gideon. You just need these 300 guys. Y'all go ahead. He said, I have already delivered Midian into your hand. Hey, do you know how amazing it was for Gideon to sneak down that night and hear those men talking about their dream, and one soldier tells another soldier, yeah, God's already delivered Midian into Gideon's hand. Wow. Can you imagine what it must have been like to be Gideon and hear, hear them two saying that? Oh, he came back encouraged. He came back like the two spies from Canaan saying, we can do this. God is in it. Yes, we can. God can give the same size victory with a few as he can with a multitude. We underestimate the power of God, don't we? We judge God by man-made abilities when God is not limited at all by that. God can work the way he wants to work with a few. He can give the same size victory with just a few as he would with many. And then number three, what can God do with a few? He can get the glory. Would you look in verse 2? Notice what happened there. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, Mine own hand hath saved me. God said, Gideon, I don't want Israel to think they did this. I want them to know without any shadow of a doubt that God did this. I want everybody to realize that God gave the victory here. There's a verse in Zechariah 4, 6 that says, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord God of hosts. You know what, God... I believe this is a principle that we, we have to remember in ministry. 
When we're serving others, when we're ministering, when we're witnessing to the lost, we've got to remember that those victories are accomplished through the power of the Spirit of God and not through us. Hey, I want you to know, I can carry the Bible tonight, and so can you. We can give out gospel tracts. We can talk to every person in town. But the truth is, you and I, we can't win a soul. But God can. God can use a gospel tract. God can use a Bible presentation. God can use a personal testimony or just an invitation to church to see somebody saved and come to the Lord and their life changed forever. God can do that. And that's why we need to remember that everything we do for the Lord needs to be done in prayer and empowered by the Holy Spirit of God so that it's done not by our might, not by our power, but by His Spirit. And you know, when we invite the Spirit of God to empower us in everything that we do, and when everything we do has the power of God on it, we can see results that we would never see without it. God can give a 32,000 soldier a victory with just the 300. God can use you and me uh, to reach people and, and, and to do things that we can't do ourselves. But we need to remember that it's by His Spirit. It's by His power. Would you turn with me to a verse as we close? Look at Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. This needs to be the theme of our heart, the theme of our life, our song, our ministry. This needs to be uh, the motive behind all that we do for the Lord. In Colossians chapter 1, in verse 18, the Bible says, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning the firstborn from the dead, that's talking about Jesus Christ, that in all things he might have the preeminence. The preeminence. What is that? That's the spotlight. That's first place. The place of importance. The place of emphasis. You've heard me talk about making the Lord the centerpiece of what you do, or maybe the centerpiece of your life, the centerpiece uh, of your Christmas celebration or whatever we're talking about. Well, I get that idea from this verse, that in all things, He might have the preeminence. You know what? We want Jesus to have the preeminence in our ministry. We want Jesus to have the preeminence in our life of service to the Lord. When people talk to us, we, we want them to come away from us saying, what a Savior that guy serves, that lady serves. Well, man, hey, they, they're all excited talking about Jesus that he might have the preeminence. People need to know that whatever good they see in us, whatever good that is in me, it's because of Jesus. He's the reason why I am what I am. Amen? Saved by the grace of God. Let's make that our goal, our aim, to lift him up, to give him the preeminence. Let's make it our goal to serve and do things his way, to be empowered by his spirit, so that God can do the great things that He wants to do through me and through you. You know why? Because God can do great things with just a few. We come in this church building, we look around, and it's not wall-to-wall people. But God can use Beckwith Baptist Church. He is using Beckwith Baptist Church. And when we look on that back wall, just like last week we had that missions conference, we, we read the totals of what's been given to missions over the years. Hey, the evidence is great. God's using our church. 
And he wants to do that again and again and again in many ways, not just in missions. Let's ask God to open our eyes to the victories, to the opportunities around us where God wants to use a few to do some great things. I believe God wants to do great things in your life, not just at our church, but in your home, in your life, in your family. We have to just be willing to follow the Lord and do what he asks us to do. We have to be willing to do things his way sometimes instead of our way. And if we're willing to do it his way, oh, what great victories. Things we never thought possible could happen when it's by his might and his power, by his spirit. Oh, listen, then there are great things to come. Gideon and Israel, they enjoyed the victory. They saw what God could do with a few. How about us tonight? Let's also see what God can do with a few. Let's surrender ourselves to the Lord. Let's follow him. Let's, let's serve his way and let's let God work. Amen. Let's bow for prayer. Father, how we love you tonight and how we thank you so much for your willingness to use the few. Lord, you said not many wise, not many noble are called. Lord, you just choose the simple, the weak, the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Lord, not, you don't look among the mighty. And we're thankful, Lord, that you use, you're willing to use us. And I pray that you would. Help us to be willing and ready and able. Help us to believe you, be willing to follow you and trust you. Do things the way you want us to do it so that you can give the victory and you can get the glory. Lord, may we give you preeminence in all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.